0: Any images uploaded were meant to be automatically deleted after a short time, right? So there was that reassurance. Define deleted. Well, (laughs) (laughs) define automatically. (laughs) (laughs) Smashing Security. Episode 211. Fleeking. COVID-19 hacking. And Bitcoin Balls Ups, with Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to Smashing Security, episode 211. My name's Graham Cluley. And I'm Carol Terrio. And, Carol, we're joined this week by a special guest, first time on the show, but friend of the show, Ron Eddins from the Hacker Valley Studio podcast.
1: Hello, Ron. Hey, thank you so much for bringing me on the podcast.
2: Welcome, Ron, to the Smashing Security world. Thank you. It is a pleasure to be here.
0: Well, it's great to have you here. And, of course, you are calling in from America. Quite
1: a big week for America. (laughs) A lot going on. Yes. We have some transitions.
0: We're recording this on Tuesday, and the inauguration is scheduled for Wednesday, isn't it?
1: Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. And so um,
0: by the time people hear this, they'll know whether that has successfully worked
2: out (laughs) or whether... (laughs) Do you know what? Every single toe and fingers are crossed. I I think most of us just need a freaking break, right? It's just been insane. Martial law years. might have been imposed by the time this podcast comes out. No, mi- nuclear no, nuclear no. wasteland.
0: Shush, shush, shush. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it'd go very smoothly. I'm sure, there won't be any hiccups. <laughs> it,
1: it will. There, there's a moving company called. It's going to be a, a nice, quick, swift move out.
2: So Hacker Valley Studio Podcast, that's going super well, isn't it?
1: Yes, we've had the honor to have you two both on twice to the show.
2: Oh, my Ooh, goodness. Ooh, Graham, I didn't know that you also got invited on. No, I'm no. kidding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, if Graham was there, I wouldn't have come on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, what's coming up on our show this week, Rob?
2: Um, Well, first, let's thank this week's sponsors, 1Password and Recorded Future. Their support helps help us give you this show for free. Now, coming up on today's show, Graham, what are you looking into? I'm going to be getting down with the kids mm. and seeing how cool you two are as well. Um, Okay, Ron, (laughs) what's your topic this week?
1: My topic for this week is hackers steal, alter and leak COVID-19 vaccine data.
2: Ooh, this is a serious bit. And I am going to Bitcoin world where the currency is sky high once again. So let's see who the losers are. So all this and much more coming up on this episode of Smashing Security.
0: Now, chums, chums, I felt it's been a while since we've had a quiz.
2: Uh, what, seven days? Did we not have so, one last week? <laughs>
0: and so I thought it was probably time that we did another one. Are you both ready to shout out if you know the answer? Yeah. Okay, so, Ron, you practice making a buzzing sound.
1: <laughs> Beep.
0: Okay. Carol, you practice making a burble of some type. <coughs>
2: That'll do. (laughs) I can't do that again.
0: (laughs) Boops. Okay. So I'm going to say a word and um, you're going to tell me what it means. And these are all examples of young people's slang. So Ron may have an advantage over you, Carol. Just saying.
2: Why? Is Ron younger?
0: (laughs) I would think so. I just
1: had a birthday.
2: Oh, have you? (laughs) Can we ask what the first uh, number of your birthday is?
1: It is a, well, it's finally a three, so that gives it away. <laughs>
2: <gasps> we're about the same age, Graham. What's your problem? Yeah, right. We're like, we're, yeah, we are, we are.
0: All right, quiz time, quiz time. So first up, Hundo P, Hundo P. What does Hundo P mean?
2: I have no
1: idea. <laughs> I saw that in the document. I was like, what is that? <laughs> I have
0: no idea. No? Any guesses? Want to guess? I review. you review buzzed. This is for a point. A hundred thousand. Oh, close! It's actually short for a hundred percent, or absolutely right on. You go,
2: oh yeah, hundo p man, hundo p <laughs> bro. Okay, so basically, you are you're in this vernacular. You're hiding your support from the common person
0: to well, someone else. I, no, I think you're just communicating with another young person, girl. This is how yeah. No one it. can rather hear you saying, support them. Rather than saying gear or groovy, you say hundo p okay now here's an interesting one because of course the name of our podcast is smashing security for those so what, that don't know
2: yeah so what does what does smash mean smash what like hit it like get like get it a hundred percent bullseye I didn't,
0: I didn't hear i didn't hear your people
2: oh for cry. god's sake <laughs> oh
0: hello here we got
1: ron ron's come in what do you think smash means Smash is something that I will not say on the podcast, but it's it's an act of some kind, right? Is it sexing? <laughs> it's not sexting, girl. No,
2: no, sexing, sexing.
1: Without the Like tea. in
2: real life.
0: Apparently, yes. Apparently, it's to
2: yeah. have casual sex. Yeah, all. smash
0: together. I, I, I did know that one. Actually. Oh, you did know that. Okay. But Smashing I didn't know Hundo P. Security. Security. I've never, yeah. <laughs> okay, so curious that we chose that name. And the final one is Fleek. Do you know what fleek is?
1: I know that one. Really? Yes. Oh, you haven't passed, (laughs) though.
2: Yeah, I'm not playing the game. Okay, go, 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 run, go.
1: Fleek is like really good, on point, spectacular. Right. And if it's ongoing, then you use the word fleeky.
2: Ooh, leaky. (laughs) Okay,
1: well, he taught me that.
2: (laughs) Ron, as we are in the same generation, can you give us one more uh, young people slang? I just can't think of any right now, but can you give us one that's not on the list? Um, what about fire? Ooh, I don't know what that means. Fire. Use it in a sentence.
1: Like the Smashing Security podcast is fire. Like, oh, check so it, it mean, out. It's
2: hot. <laughs> yeah, hot. Yeah, hot. You definitely don't want to add on fire, right? No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Cro, would you say you're on, are you on Fleek? Always on Fleek, man.
0: Ooh. Oh, really? Mm. Interesting. Uh, so, would you say your eyebrows are on Fleek? I would say I've got excellent eyebrows. So, yes, they are. <laughs> would you say any other part of your body is on Fleek? I don't know, Graham. That's getting a bit rude. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why I'm asking is because Fleek is not just a young person slang for, you know, being on point or being super duper. It's actually a social media app.
2: Yeah, isn't it? It's Snapchat's answer to TikTok. Is that right? Oh, well, you're close. You're close. So
0: Snapchat has a feature called Campus Stories. OK, I don't know that one. Apparently with Campus Stories, if you've got a phone and you've, been on certain college campuses or were there in the last 24 hours, you are able to post to that college's campus story, which means that you're able to share photos and things like this. Now, Fleek was very much in that vein, but it was uncensored and X-rated. and It became really popular with students.
2: What do you mean, hey, whoa, whoa, do you mean Mm. like it was porn or it's just that maybe it was a bit more edgy in its pictures and not safe for kids? Well,
0: it it was beloved by students who wanted to share particular photographs which maybe they didn't want to put on more
2: family-friendly
0: social networks. So if
2: I'd photocopied my butt at the work uh, photocopier… I don't think anyone would want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> you're outrageous. But if I did do that, I would put it on this on Fleek, not on my typical Instagram or whatever, where my right. mom and grandma follow me. Is and that what then I'd
0: be calling the photocopier repairman. That's absolutely correct. Yes. <laughs> Maybe some getting some disinfectant as well. So, yes. So if you didn't want your parents and future employers to see something, you might post it on Fleek. And people were posting pictures of themselves engaged in Sexual activity, maybe a bit of smashing, smashing uh, yeah. going on. They were embarrassing themselves. They were taking drugs. and Drugs, you say? Yes, indeed. Not just aspirin. And so there you would go if you wanted to watch that kind of thing
2: or check that kind of thing out on fleek. You know, my mum thought you were really grubby last week.
0: Well, hopefully she will now see that I'm a paragon of virtue and it is her daughter who claims to be on fleek.
2: <laughs> now, <laughs> like...
0: Like, hello, Karen, like Snapchat, any images uploaded to Fleek were meant to be automatically deleted after a short time, right? So there was
2: that reassurance. Right. So if you took a picture of your junk, you would know that after a certain amount of time it would be gone and no one else would see it except for the intended. Yes.
1: Define deleted.
0: Well... <laughs> define <laughs> automatically.
1: <laughs> because it
0: turns out that Fleek's developers weren't automatically deleting all the images uploaded to the app by their users. In fact, what they were doing was they continued to store them.
2: Well, the particularly delicious
0: ones? Well, I don't, I don't know quite oh what their criteria God. was. But they continued to store them even after the app itself completely shut down. And so these were being stored on the company's servers out there in cyberspace.
2: Who owns Fleek? Is Fleek like a standalone social media?
0: Yeah. So Fleek isn't part of Facebook, isn't part of any of the, the well-known. Stuff. It was owned by a company called Squid Inc., which is right. quite a clever name, really, isn't it? Squid Inc., if you think about it. Oh, oh I, I thought it was clever. <laughs> because Inc., Crow, incorporate Inc. You know squids and Inc.?
2: Yes. Oh, you mean Squid, like, incorporated. It's not, like, called Squid Inc. Incorporated.
0: You claim to be the same generation as Ron. I (laughs) I am. You've proven yourself to be quite a lot slower.
2: (laughs) Now, it wasn't
0: just pictures that were being stored, because obviously they wanted people to use the site, and they also could like to monetize it. So what they did was they tried to entice male users into paying for access to the chat room. And what they appear to have done is that Fleek created fake bot accounts using photographs of young women that they'd scraped up from the internet.
2: Sounds very Ashley Madison it to It does, me. doesn't it? The bots mm-hmm. of Ashley
0: Madison. And then they sent messages to men, invited them to chat. And the only way that men could view those messages was to pay Fleek but a small fee. But what would thing. those
2: messages say, do you think? Hey, hotty, hot, hot. Fancy a smash <laughs> with your <laughs> Fleek
0: eyebrows? How many men would actually understand what that means? Your hundo p. Pe- yes, but it's not aimed at people like you and me, Carole.
1: Well,
2: I'm asking Ron in case. Yeah, let's speak, speak- yeah. let's speak to Ron. Let's
1: speak to Ron. They paid $5.99 to start that chat. So they're like, hey, I paid to
2: talk. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, but like for six bucks, right? For six bucks or however, I don't know how much it costs. must cost something like that, right? It's the price of coffee. So their expectation might be quite low. It's like a coffee date. (laughs) Okay, so these guys have paid money. They've like paid cash and they're talking to robots.
1: Why didn't they use the pictures that they didn't delete
2: instead of scraped (gasps) images? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. Ethical, Ron. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) True. (laughs) Anyway,
0: the app you will be sorry to hear closed down in 2019. Ah, Newsworthy as always. I love it. Well, you would think that'd be the end of it. But no, 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 because there is a news angle. Security researchers at VPN Mentor have just revealed that they stumbled across an Amazon Web Bucket containing pictures and chat logs belonging to Fleek.
2: I love that word. Stumbled, like been looking, <laughs> <laughs> looking nonstop for months, uh, trying to find an open Amazon Web Bucket so they could go out and tag give news on. Okay, but right, they found so they it. stumbled across an Amazon yeah. Web Bucket.
0: No password required. Anyone in the world could access, and of course, umpteen opportunities for blackmail. Not just pictures, but chat logs as well.
2: Oh, so these were the pictures that they said they had deleted. Correct. And the chats they said they had deleted. Correct. And, and the well, app th-
0: no longer exists, right? So it's not like you had the option to go in and delete your account. or delete- And go
2: to Fleek and go, yo, yo. Right.
0: Yeah. Very good. But no. <laughs>
2: I'm, showing how, I'm showing how street I am.
0: One hundred P. Now the researchers, they managed to access three hundred and seventy seven thousand files, Fuck. thirty-two gigabytes of data, data which had been uploaded to Fleek between twenty sixteen and twenty nineteen. The app no longer exists. And they tried to contact Squid Inc. to uh you know, to say, can you do something about this? And because Fleek doesn't exist anymore, they couldn't get a hold of them. So they had to go straight to Amazon instead. To
1: shut down the bucket. 2016 to 2019, that's a long time to learn yes. to realize you're talking to
2: a bot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. So, okay, so so Amazon have closed this down. They have now. And thank God it was found by someone as reputable as VPN mentor and not some ne'er-do-well that wanted well, who to knows? Just slap it all over. Who they knows
0: won't. who else might have accessed the data in the meantime? and could potentially have grabbed it, because if it was possible for their researchers to find it possible for other 'er ne'er-do-wells to do the same too. But here's the problem. Here's the thing which I think people need to think about, is that you may join a site, you may share information with the site, you may even trust its privacy policies, which I'm sure would have said that they were deleting data and not storing it, which clearly they abused. But what happens when the site goes defunct? Yeah,
1: and you have no means of ensuring your data's been wiped. And who was paying for that storage in the meantime? It sounds yeah. like someone didn't want to delete that data still. It's a bit odd that one, isn't it? You do imagine that
0: Amazon <laughs> would have been policing that and spotted if someone hadn't been paying. Um, <laughs> somebody was paying.
2: <laughs> yeah, but maybe maybe they blocked access but kept the data.
0: What in case they came back? I don't know. These are these are all excellent questions. No, no, we're not trying to find, I'm not not. trying,
2: (laughs) I'm not trying to show that you haven't done your homework. I think it's actually a really important issue because think of how many apps we give info to. Yeah. I mean, everyone now, I'm sure under the age of 40 has probably either entered an insurance kind of comparison website information or a dating site where they ask tons and tons of questions or social media. Like there's tons of Mm. websites out there with our info. That's it's true. It's kind of scary what, to think about when they die. They just kind of basically like a, a, a mall in the States, you know, When they, they kind of they just have these these kind of ghost malls, right? Like that where no one, there's no businesses there at all. It's just this like empty, huge mall that just sits there. And it's kind of like that with all this kind of stuff inside it. And no one's looking after it. Yeah, it's a nightmare vision, Crow. Right? <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of them <laughs> You've in the States, Ron. You see, you know what the, I'm talking these about.
1: Ghost malls. I, I, I You know, know what those. I mean? <laughs> Sounds like free land to me. Those good. <laughs> At least here in Austin, Texas, that ghost mall would be gone in, in a few weeks.
0: <laughs> okay, Ron, what have you got for us
1: this week? This week, I have hackers steal, alter and leak COVID-19 vaccine data. So the story behind all of this is last month, there were reports that hackers stole confidential documents that Pfizer and a company called BioNTech had submitted to European Medicines Agency, acronymed EMA. But Friday, word emerged that the hackers leaked and falsified the information that were in the documents.
2: Okay, well, so, sorry, let me just make sure I understand. So they... They not only put out all the information they gathered, but they kind of tweaked it so it wasn't bona fide data.
1: Exactly. And I'm not sure about you two or the listeners, but this is a true testament to what my parents always say not to believe everything you read on the internet. <laughs> and that's what happened here.
0: So you're telling you're telling me that criminals who hacked into an organization and stole data can't actually be trusted to give you the data without having tampered with it. We
1: shouldn't trust these guys. So untrusted that each source didn't even believe them. And I think it was due to a bit of a lack, cre- lack of creativity. And my biggest gripe is the name of the file that was All online right. in the dark web. you think it would have been COVID-19 exposed or the truth about Pfizer and BioNTech. Mm. But the name of the file was "Boring Gold." E-M-A underscore leaks dot zip. Oh.
2: Interesting.
1: Sound imaginative, isn't it? See,
2: that makes me think it's an inside job. Because, you know, when you're inside a company, you live in that micro world and you kind of think that everyone lives in that micro world as well so you kind of assume everyone understands the acronyms you use and then you speak to people outside that world and I'm like i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> right? right so yeah because the fact that they use ema anyway I don't, I
0: don't know crow i see i i think i take a slightly different view on this because i think unusual if, if they'd said the truth exposed about COVID 19 vaccines or or something like that you might be more likely to think that you you, you might felt clickjacked. <laughs> well, yeah, or you might you might feel that this is something which has been deliberately put together to, with some kind of agenda, and so maybe you'd think it more likely that the data has been tampered with. Whereas, no, so just, shit
2: headlines, shit you, headlines if, give you more credibility. Well, no, I'm
0: just saying the <laughs> file name. If you simply say, "Here is the EMA data which has leaked out." And then people open it and they find for themselves,
2: ooh, juicy stuff here. They might think because... Yeah, Leaks is... Don't you think that's a weird weird world of, weird word to put into <laughs> uh, a file name? Like you'd think EMA Secrets.
1: Right. EMA uh-huh. Confidential. Yes. Like, ooh, I need to click this in. It was a zip file. So that means there's files within it. You're going to have to go yeah. through them to find the juicy data. You might as well give it a juicy file name.
0: Mm. Well, I appreciate that you're giving hackers uh, more ideas. This is
1: good. Good. Excellent. (laughs) Exactly. And and within this uh, leak, there was some information about EMA conversations between the staff and also about the vaccine production. They really wanted to discount the efficacy of the COVID-19 vaccines produced by Pfizer and BioNTech.
0: Huh. So the intention is to basically so distrust, do you think? And, and maybe make people think that they can't trust the vaccines because
1: of the secrets which have, quote, leaked out? And this is where Carole could have been correct about it, it being oh. an insider job because they discredited one vaccine by Pfizer, not the other one that was yeah, done yeah. by Moderna. Oh. Hmm.
2: Interesting. So it's, it's a disinformation campaign, right? It, that's basically what it feels like to me.
1: That's what it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. So who would be
0: behind
2: this? Well, and who's been behind it for the last five, ten years, Graham? You're not saying the Belgians again, are you? <laughs> it's always the Belgians. We know about you guys. We know. We don't talk about it, but we know.
1: <laughs> a few of the sources did also say um hate to just point the finger i'm not pointing any fingers but no no the we. the leak was in russian like the conversation on the dark web was in russian oh. so they're like maybe it was someone over there
2: yeah but like anyone would do that right <laughs> right. Like even a Canadian, right? If they wanted to hide, you'd probably, like, just make it, put it in Russian.
1: No, they're, like they're too nice.
2: <laughs> they are. We are. We are.
0: Bro, what's your story for us this week?
2: Well, I love when my two pod passions intersect in a natural way. Ooh. So today I have the next installment of a UK Bitcoin fiasco we talked about years ago on Smashing Security, and a number mm. of sticky pickles have surfaced in this little shit show. TM. And the question is, what would you do, TM? Uh, so let's talk Bitcoin. Blood goes <laughs> <Plug those> here.
0: <laughs> Un- unbelievable unbelievable
2: now uh are you guys no coiners or are you uh, dabbling in the digital currency that is known as bitcoin
0: um i have a small cryptocurrency investment but it is quite small and i'm not very active with it it's just hidden away hidden away for a rainy day mm-hmm. <laughs> or not as the case may be ron care to come
2: clean
1: I am a dabbler. I don't have like, I'm not really too invested in Bitcoin or crypto, but like uh, Graham said, you know, it's always nice to have a little bit just in case you feel a little FOMO or the FOMO comes to fruition.
2: (laughs) Interesting. We talk about FOMO. That's coming up. Excellent. Well, I, you know, I'm kind of jealous because I'm a no corner, right? And currently it's a whopping $36,000 per Bitcoin. Um, which is not the highest it has been, but that's still a serious chunk of change. And the reason it's so high is because people are buying a lot of it right now. And any ideas, what would you guys say that the reason is? Do you wish to put it down to a troubling times or do you think there's something to go-go?
0: I think people are buying Bitcoin because they think the price is going to go higher. I don't. I don't I'm not sure if there's really any other reason to buy Bitcoin. It's not like... You're likely to make many purchases with Bitcoin, in, yeah. in my experience. I know there's some things you can buy with Bitcoin for privacy reasons, but... Illegal stuff, mostly, in our country, but... Well, yeah, not not no, just illegal, but but, but, mostly. but um, it's... it's <laughs> but but I think it's primarily
1: in the hope that the price travels. Yeah. There was this uh, story where I saw an NFL player, first time ever, took his salary in Bitcoin. Wow. But I'm not <laughs> sure about you all... Um, I'm I've made a few transactions in Bitcoin just from like wallet to wallet. It's ten dollars yeah. per transaction. Very high fee. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Graham, you might remember you mentioned way back in episode fifty eight with uh Vanya Schweitzer, uh, who used to be on the show a lot. And there was who? this Never it was a pick any. of the week and you talked about the Bitcoin FOMO Club. <laughs>
0: The Bitcoins have skyrocketed from, you know, $7,000 or whatever to almost $20,000. They're bordering on that, aren't they, at the moment? There have been countless people doing their maths on their missed opportunity. And he brought my attention to a website where you can find out how much you have lost out by not investing in Bitcoin earlier. All you have to do, and I'll put the link in the show notes, is go to a website called BitcoinFOMO, F-O-M-O dot club, FOMO stands for fear of missing out. And you tell it, oh, I would have invested maybe $1,000 in Bitcoin on this particular date. And it'll tell you what it would have been worth today. <laughs> oh, God. So I've just done it. <laughs> have you just done it? It's, it's, it's scary, isn't it?
2: Right. So just to give you guys an idea, right? So if the, I had 100 bucks, if I had 100 yeah. bucks and I put in 100 bucks in a yeah. Bitcoin or bought 100 bucks worth of Bitcoin oh. in January 2019, right? What oh, would you think okay. I would be worth yeah. now?
0: Ooh, yeah, hundred bucks. Um, I'm going to say it's now worth
2: three hundred and fifty. Oh, you're a bit shy, thousand, about yeah. hmm, a thousand dollars. Yeah, okay, wow. so ten time return in a year. That's not bad. That's pretty
0: impressive, isn't it? I may have to go and set, can I? I might leave the podcast for a minute go
1: to sell some Bitcoin.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and had you done it in January 2016, your hundred dollars.
1: Oh, oh. $100,000? Oh. No, 9000
2: Oh, okay. Even then. So January 2016 uh-huh. has been pretty high in terms of value. But had you done it in 2011, almost $12 million. Oh, don't. So there's, there's a big difference there. Sheesh. Now, over the Sheesh. past decade, we've heard countless stories of the poor folk who have lost their Bitcoin because they lost access to their digital wallets mm. that was holding their precious, precious Bitcoins. It's apparently it's believed that twenty uh, percent of Bitcoin is lost or inaccessible. Twenty percent of the Bitcoin oh, really, out there. and I believe that because only one percent of companies have invested in Bitcoin, right? So this is a, uh, individuals investing in this stuff,
0: and people have forgotten
2: how to access it or lost their keys, lost the machine. They had, didn't know what kind of wallet they had. They're, they forgot right. the password, whatever. Like you might remember in episode uh, 167 with Anna, Anna Brading, she told us about how Clifton uh, held his Bitcoin keys in his fishing rod. And at the time of recording, that fortune was worth 60 million. Mm -hmm. And that's like a lot of Big Macs you forfeit.
0: (laughs) To be honest, I think once you've had $60 million worth of Big Macs, you're not going to worry too much about it could now be $70 (laughs) million worth of Big Macs. (laughs)
2: The New York Times last week reported that Stefan Thomas, he's a German-born programmer, right? And who lives now in San Francisco. He has two guesses left to figure out his password that's worth 220 plus million.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And how how frequently do you like take that chance? Do you wait a few weeks
2: or you wait a few months? That's the worst. That's the worst, the guessing. Because you can only, you know, you only got two. That's. I just don't understand how... Like you wouldn't crowdsource that, right? In his situation, why wouldn't you get the best yeah. minds on it? You know, say you'll split the yeah. you'll split the spoils or give them a cut, or whatever, and seriously just figure it out.
1: He needs to call Elon Musk and use the Neuralink. That's a great use case for it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) What was your
1: password years ago?
2: (laughs) Okay, now, I really want your opinion on this last one, okay? So this is the case of the infamous James Howell. Okay, I don't know, you probably don't know this story, Ron, but in the UK, it's a big story. So this is this Welsh Bitcoin snafu. So this is back in 2013, this guy accidentally tossed out his old hard drive. And the problem was that it held all the authorizations to his Bitcoin wallet, holding 7,500 Bitcoin. Wow. Okay. Yeah, like a serious chunk of change. Now, uh, according to CNN, he first discovered the hard drive was missing when his Bitcoin was worth around 9 million. And uh, today it's worth 273 million. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So serious money here. Though the reason he lost it, the reason, the, the way it happened is apparently he had two identical hard drives and he threw out the wrong one. And he says, quote, I have to laugh about it now. And I'm like, laugh, but you cry I a lot, he is. James. He
1: tells everyone that story, like, you know how much I'm really worth if I find my hard drive? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did you say 219 million? Is that what you 273 said? 273 million. 273. He, he could basically buy
2: all of Wales for that. He could be the king of Wales. Graham, very interesting. You say that. So back in 2017, he offered around seven million to the council, right? right. To let him have a rummage in the dump because they're convinced it's in the dump in the in Newport city dump. <laughs> because Bitcoin's been skyrocketing, he's obviously getting itchy, right? It's even worse now. <laughs> he's up the offer to the city quoted here in The Guardian saying, I offer to donate 25% or $70 million to the city of Newport in order to distribute to all local residents who live in Newport, should I find and recover the Bitcoins?
0: Ah, but yes, this is only if he manages to recover the hard drive
2: and is able to access the data on the hard drive. Exactly. Which again makes me think, if his story is worthy, why aren't investors kind of backing him and offering the money up to the council now so he can go have a rummage with his boys and girls that want to find it? I, don't oh, but
0: know. You, I mean, this is but this is ridiculous though, isn't it? Because have you been to Wales?
2: <laughs> yes, I've been to Wales. It's a very beautiful place. It is very it's beautiful, super but it's, country. it's
0: raining all the time. Right, so that hard drive is not going to be in such a great (laughs) condition. Green
2: green grass of home. That's that's why
0: it's green green grass. Beautiful. It's well, yes, obviously, but wet. Uh, And so, I think rather than getting investors to say to try and ever increase the bribe to the council, maybe (laughs) needs to rally together the people of Newport. Maybe needs an army to descend on the landfill with their spades and say, you know.
2: are you drinking right now (laughs) there's enough nonsense going on in the world right now we don't need people with pitchforks i didn't say pitchforks i said spades well okay (laughs) you see that's how that's how misinformation happens the real
1: problem is it's at a dump (laughs) and who wants to do a search and rescue mission there for a hard drive
0: ron have you ever been to wales it's not that bad (laughs) They'll, they'll be able to cope
2: it's Imagine tough. you guys live in Wales, okay? You guys yes. are residents of Newport, yes. Wales, right? Yes. And this guy, James, mm-hmm. has worked out that if he's going to give you a cut of the money as a person mm-hmm. who lives in the, in the city, mm-hmm. and it works out that you're going to get $240, 175 pounds, that is your cut of the 25% he's offering up. I want more than that. I want more than that.
1: Well, if you find the hard drive,
0: just take it all for yourself. Exactly. And how are we to say, if he does manage to get the hard drive back and extract the key, you know, to access his Bitcoins, yeah. what's to say that he won't get cosmetic surgery, go on the run, you know, witness protection. I love
2: it's witness- cosmetic surgery. I love that that's the first witness thing you protection. think
0: of. It. Yeah, because he'll run off
2: and you'll never get your share. <laughs> what about hair plugs? <laughs>
0: I think this is a disastrous idea, and I think well done to the council for not allowing this nonsense to go ahead.
2: You want to hear his science? Oh, OK, okay go on quote, then. The plan is to dig a specific area of the landfill based on a grid reference system and recover the hard drive whilst adhering to all safety environmental standards. Here's the science.
0: Here's the science. I've it out.
2: The drive would be then presented to data recovery specialists who can rebuild the drive from scratch with new parts and attempt to recover the tiny piece of data that I need in order to access the bitcoins. That's his, that's his master plan.
1: Ram, this relates back to your story. Like you try to delete the data, but define delete it. Someone's <laughs> going to come up and they're going to be like, hey, this is the Fleek data again. <laughs> he should have uploaded it to Fleek,
0: shouldn't he? he should, that's when he should have taken a photo of his hard drive. Maybe if you analyze a photograph well enough, you can extract the data. Off the hard drive. Why do
2: we care if this nut job wants to go, you know, milling around in the dump? I'll tell
0: you why you want to care because otherwise every other nut job comes forward.
2: So what? Well, what about my dump? And then they're gathered up in one place. Right,
0: right. Stop right there, okay? Because what happens when my local dump, okay, suddenly has people go into it, even though. There's no one claiming that there's a hard drive there. Chances Do you hang are, out there very often? Chances are there is a hard – well, sometimes I go to the dump and I take some rubbish and I don't want to have to fight back people with spades digging around <laughs> for hard drives oh in the hope that there might be someone's Bitcoin crypto wallet key on it. It's just insanity.
2: I personally could not care less if someone was rummaging <laughs> through the dump trying to find something of value. Good for them. Recycle, reuse. You're an irresponsible member of society. Imagine. No, wh- you are. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry, Ron. This is getting a little heated. What, what are your views on this? Whose side are you on?
1: I say, I say you know what? Rams. If he's offering Rams. 70 million, Rams. go for it. <laughs> Unbelievable.
2: I also think he's a little bit greedy. Surely he could offer 75% of the, you know, why does he have to keep 200 million for himself? True. Yeah. Does he need 200 million? Who needs that? Well, is he
1: part of the the mission? Is he going to the dump also, or is he just benefiting? Is he,
2: yeah, is he going to do any of the work?
1: If he's doing most of the work, then all right, I, I think 20% is okay. But if he's not, then yeah, totally 70%, maybe even more. You get 5%. How much? How many hair plugs can he get for that kind of money? <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: Graham, you had a quiz. I've got a quiz for you. What can people do to stay safe online at home? Go.
0: Well, I'd recommend 1Password for families. Protect all your family with password management software. Okay, why? Well, you can share your logins with your family, your passwords, credit cards, and you can do it safely. Uh, you'll get alerts if accounts are compromised, and it's really easy to set up. Cool, where can I learn more? We can find out more at OnePassword.com. and until March 31st, if you purchase a $50 gift card, you'll get $10 towards a YubiKey security key for strong two-factor authentication. Nice. Ooh. Find out more at onepasswordcom passwordcom slash giftcards. Smashing Security is sponsored this week by Recorded Future. They empower organisations revealing unknown threats before they impact a business, helping teams respond to alerts ten times faster. Recorded Future does this by automatically collecting and analysing intelligence from tech call, open web and dark web sources, well, you too can access the up to the minute security intelligence that allows Recorded Future clients to make fast, confident security decisions by installing their free browser extension, Recorded Future Express. Go and grab it now at smashingsecurity.com/slash recorded future. That's smashingsecurity.com/slash recorded future. And welcome back. Can you join us at our favourite part of the show, the part of the show that we like to call Pick of the Week? Pick of the Week. Of the week is the part pod show where everyone chooses something they like. Could be a funny story, a book that they've read, a TV show, a movie, a record, a podcast, a website, or an app. Whatever they wish doesn't have to be security related necessarily. Better not be. Well, my pick of the week is not security related this week. I want Good. to take you back in time to nineteen. Oh, 19- <laughs> it's like it happened one more, isn't it? <laughs> I like the old days. Yeah, I know, I know. And in particular, I like retro television. I'm a big fan of retro television. It's, but I'm going to take you back to a show which I watched in 1987, and I remember seeing this. Have you watched it since then? Well, yes, because I, I've watched it in the last week. Hence, I'm recommending it to you now. Okay, I just take I thought I was,
2: I was worried we were relying on your memory from way back. <laughs> then. I was going to be like, okay, sketchy.
0: You can watch this on YouTube,
2: and I, I think it's quite
0: a well-known piece of film. It was a, a little thing done by the BBC, which was a masterclass by Michael Caine about how to act in film. I don't know Mm. if I've ever seen this. Have you never seen this? It is fascinating. So 1987, Michael Caine, and he's got about four or five young actors with him, one of whom is actually um, uh, subsequently became relatively famous, Celia Imri. So what Michael Caine does in this hour is he's chatting to these people and you're watching and he's explaining how to act in front of the camera and how to appear natural. And so what he does is he gets the actors to perform scenes from some of the movies that he's been in, things like Educating Rita, like Alfie, uh, and Death Trap. You may remember he was in with Christopher Reeve. And um,
2: it's really good. I wonder how many people watch this to try and act English, like literally just to kind of pretend to be Well, English. it's
0: Michael Caine, so it's not sort of like anyone for tennis acting. <laughs> it's not
2: sort of, oh, I say, oh, jeez, you must oh, <laughs> I don't think <laughs> that's that- the majority of Brits. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know where you live, but but it
0: is an absolute masterclass. Is the right word in how to be still and silent and rather dangerous.
2: You're very very good at that, Graham.
0: In front, he's taking
1: the class.
2: Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. (laughs) Yeah, you always get a sense of danger when Graham's around. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Threatening what you come out from watching this is not
0: only because he's given you real techniques in how to do this and i'm not an actor but i find it fascinating to watch the things he's doing because normally you see an actor on the screen you think well what are they doing they're just not bumping into the furniture and they're saying some lines but oh no 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 when an actor is good when an actor is very natural in front of the camera it's really impressive. Yeah, and no some shit. of the young actors-
2: Do you really think acting is just doing that? Did you really think it was just a piece of whatever?
0: Sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> so, but when you see some of these young actors he's teaching, right? when you see them do a scene from Alfie, for instance, and they do it in such a theatrical way, and then he does it and he picks them up and he says, no, 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 do it like this. It's so much of a difference. And it's fascinating. And that is why I'm recommending, and I'll put it in the show notes, a link to the Acting in Film Masterclass by Michael Kane, Great piece of TV from 1987. And I really enjoyed it this week, which is why it is my pick of the week. <laughs> and breathe. That's called acting. That was a big finish.
2: <laughs> um, I will watch this. I didn't like your pick of the week last week. I didn't dislike it. I just, whatever. This one I'm definitely going to check out. Jeremy. It sounds awesome.
1: It does. it's good. You always think you can act until you watch yourself back. It's like, do I sound like a robot?
2: Really? I don't know. (laughs) I don't think I could act.
1: Ron, what is your pick of the week? My pick of the week is Damn Fine Story, Mastering the Tools of a Powerful Narrative by Chuck Wendig. It is a book. It is phenomenal. And I have a question for you two.
2: Uh, Okay.
1: Hello. Who answers first? Uh, Let's go Graham.
2: (laughs) Okay. Okay. What do Luke
1: Skywalker, Graham Cluley, and Carole Terrio have in common?
2: The force is with us. Bad hair.
0: <laughs> um, well, oh, hang on. Uh, Carole's married to a Wookie.
2: Um, I'm. <laughs> I, I'm married to Chewbacca, actually. Not, a...
0: <laughs> not any old Wookie. Not any old
2: Wookiee. Um, I'm.
0: I'm not sure. Is it? Is it that we all started a long, long time ago? Um, what, 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 you would what never guess,
1: but you two are storytellers are constantly telling stories on your podcast. We did the topics and our pick of the week, and they're all kind of done through a narrative that is interesting uh-huh. through a story. But the thing that you all have in common is you all are the characters that we care about. Each week, two arch enemy <laughs> best friend heroes unite and expose the <laughs> truth <laughs> while debunking <laughs> myths. And that is you two. And the best <laughs> part about a story is the characters are the problem. That's you two. You two are the problem each week. <laughs> and the stories One that you tell One of us is a very big problem. <laughs> I'm sure us
0: two are the problem. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the stories that you tell are the solution. And that's what makes a great story is great characters along with the solution that are presented to the characters.
2: I think that's very true, Graham. I think you are the problem. And then when I tell my story, the solution shows itself and everything's great. That's really good. Ron, you're so insightful, man. (laughs) Thank Ah. you.
1: That's what I was going for. Sorry, Graham.
0: (laughs) So it's called Damn Fine Story by Chuck Wendig.
1: Yes, it's a great book. And it really breaks down some of the elements of a story that regular storytellers might overlook like we typically get so caught up in a story is a beginning a middle and an end and it has a problem followed by a climax and resolution but there's so much more depth that can be within a story you can really tell a lot of things through the characters like if you focus on the characters rather than the problem and the solution there's a lot more interesting things that Mm -hmm. can happen like When I'm writing a story, I might write a story about cybersecurity, for instance. But what happens if cybersecurity was done on a remote island and it's dark, it's cold, and the only way to survive is by hacking others? You know, when you start to bring in those elements of a story, it's like, hmm, now my imagination starts to kind of be uh, more exposed. I have to think harder.
2: Yeah. See, it doesn't always have to be smutty, Graham, right? You can be creative. (laughs)
0: I'm I'm just not rising to any of this, Crow. Okay.
2: All right, carol What's your pick of the week? Okay. Did you guys ever watch The Office? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Right. Okay. Wow. I don't know if you saw the UK version, Ron. I never watched the the US one. I I saw a few episodes, but I didn't kind of watch the whole series. But i I'm assuming it was the same in that it made you feel really uncomfortable. Like the humour was it's, just like, oh my good. God. It's good.
0: It's different. It's a different show. But it,
2: but it, I think both of them have their merits. If they both have that discomfort thing, don't they? That, hmm. you know, that level when you're watching and you're like, oh my God, he's not going to do, oh my God, no, he is going to do that. He is doing that. He's doing that right now. I need to go <laughs> hide behind the couch and not watch this, that kind of show. Well, if you like that sort of comedy... Yeah. And you don't mind swirling in a little bit of like dark mystery, drama. Uh, you might want to check out Back to Life, which is just currently on Netflix. This was a BBC production, which aired on BBC One back in 2019. And uh it stars Daisy Haggart, and she's this woman called Mary Matson, and she's like a 30-year-old something who's just returned to her family home in Kent after serving 18 years in prison and you just there's like six episodes of her kind of coming out and wanting to find her old boyfriend that she used to date when she was 15 or 16 and he never came to visit her once inside and when she finally meets you know she's kind of fantasizing about getting back together with him. and then right. you meet him and he's such a pillock guys he's so bad like he's so vile and then he has this secret that almost made me hurl. Like I, I literally jumped out of the room. I could not stand what was happening on television in that the office times a thousand moment. Oh. Um, and I just, I, I'm putting it out there for all listeners. If you think you can stand anything, I think this is where you, if you want to make a bit of cash, <laughs> just do a bet with your partner saying, can you do it? Can you do it? Whoever doesn't walk out, okay, 10 bucks and uh, see what happens because Wow. Um so 25 minutes each episode, 6 episodes, not a huge investment and best thing I've watched all year. How many episodes till you walk out? Oh, oh it happens pretty early, episode 2. Episode 2 it happens and I uh <laughs> I was shocked. I was so <laughs> shocked.
0: Is it a better use of my time than going to the local dump and digging around for hard drives?
2: Um in my <laughs> view absolutely absolutely the writing's awesome daisy hoggart is incredible i loved it so the show is called back to life it's a bbc production it's now available on netflix check it out fantastic
0: and that just about wraps it up for this week ron thank you so much for joining us on the show i'm sure lots of our listeners would love to follow you online what's the best way for folks to do that
1: the best place to follow me and all the things I'm working on is hackervalley.com. You can also catch me on Twitter at, at Ronald Eddings. And same for LinkedIn. You could just search me by name.
0: Fantastic. And you can find us on Twitter at Smash Insecurity, no G. Twitter wouldn't last have a G. And you can also join the Smash Insecurity subreddit as well. And don't forget to ensure that you never miss another episode of Smash Insecurity. Subscribe in your favorite podcast
2: app, such as Apple Podcasts pocket casts and spotify and shout out to this episode's sponsors OnePassword and recorded future and to our wonderful patreon community it's thanks to all of you that this show is free for everybody now you can all find details on past episodes sponsorship information guest lists and the entire back catalog of more than 200 episodes oh my god we're still alive graham check out smashingsecurity.com. until next time cheerio Bye-bye. Bye-bye. bye 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 bye
0: right that's a wrap awesome awesome thank you very much Ron.
1: you know it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy to hear because i feel like i sound like i'm reading something sometimes when i'm when i have guests on but like when you guys start and when you end it almost sounds pre-recorded so good
2: really wow <laughs> yeah. I was
1: like, wait, well, are they playing
2: say more, something? Say more, say more, Ron. <laughs> say more. Who's better at it, do you think?
0: Can we stop the recording now? Please <laughs> just stop the recording.
2: No, 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 no. I just I don't hear. I don't think we need to record anything else. I think. <laughs> do you know, I went on Hacker Valley Studio and interviewed Ron and Chris. Oh, did you?
1: Yeah. That episode, by the way, is going to be out tomorrow.
2: Is it? Fab. I can't wait to hear it.